What's up, Coastal? My name is Josh. I am one of the pastors here. Thank you for joining us online, wherever you are. Maybe you're in your living room or traveling. Uh, just want to say welcome. Thank you so much for being here this weekend. And uh, man, I just, I'm so excited to bring a word today I feel like is uh, straight from my heart. And uh, I'm really excited to dive into God's word today. But I first just want to give honor where honor is due. Uh, Pastor TJ and Shayla, I love you guys. Man, thank you so much for investing in me and my family, uh, taking a risk on a kid from Arkansas from a small town. Um, you know, we moved here about seven years ago, uh, me and my wife knowing no one. And you guys, man, Thank you so much for taking the risk on us. We are uh, so grateful for you guys. Uh, a little bit more about me. Uh, like I said, my name is Josh, and I'm married to my wife, Andrea. We've been married for a little over nine years, and we have uh, four kids. Please pray for us. We are completely outnumbered, and uh, we love them all. Man, they are such great kids, and uh, so proud of each and every one of them, Marshall, Nevaeh, James and Ember, man, I love you guys, and man, thank you so much to our Coastal Kids team for investing in them. Man, can we give it up for our dream team in general? Man, you guys, I'm telling you what, you have stepped up and you have led in this season so well. You've loved harder, you've served more, and man, I cannot wait to see what this next year looks like. So everybody type in the chat, today, everybody say today. Today, I want to talk about rebuilding, because here's what I know. This year has been a little nuts, like it's been a little bit crazy. In fact, I want to ask you a question. Um, maybe some of you Christmas fanatics, you've just come out of Christmas, and, and maybe some of you collect ornaments. Does anybody co like collect ornaments? Is that like a thing in your home? Well, I found an ornament that I think may <laughs> represent the year that we have had. Uh, take a look. Uh, on the screen. Wow, um, what a tragedy of an ornament, um, man. And that probably brings up a lot of different emotions. And, and here's what I know. Uh, I want to move forward. Yeah. I want to move forward. I want to begin to rebuild. And that word rebuild has been coming up over and over as I've been praying, as I've been seeking the Lord and, and studying. And uh, man, the title of my message today, you can put this in the chat if you'd like. It's called Rebuilding Takes investing. Say that with me. Rebuilding takes investing. So I want to take us to a scripture in Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 through 4 that I think is going to help us really move forward in life. And here's what I know. The church is equipped to help this world move forward. The church is fully equipped to handle the problems in our world today. And so I want to give you a little bit of a backstory. Uh, we're going into Isaiah 61, and what's happening is the prophet Isaiah is showing up on the scene. This is about 700 years before Christ's birth, and we just celebrated that. And so here's what's happening is he's basically speaking to the people of Israel who have been in bondage for about... Uh, well, really, it's, it was a long time, um, under the Babylonian reign, and the Babylonians really jacked them up, okay? Their faith has been rocked. Um, they're coming out of a really hard season. How many of you guys are coming out of a bit of a difficult season? Um, maybe your faith has been rocked. Maybe your faith has been tested. And so I want to take us to this passage, because I think there's some really key things in here. And so we're going to start in verse 1. It says this, the sovereign Lord has filled me with his spirit. He has chosen me and sent me to bring good news to the poor. 
to heal the brokenhearted, to announce release to captives, and freedom to those in prison. He has sent me to proclaim that the time has come when the Lord will save his people and defeat their enemies. He has sent me to comfort all who mourn, to give those who mourn in Zion joy and gladness instead of grief, a song of praise instead of sorrow. They will be like trees that the Lord himself has planted. They will do what is right, and God will be praised for what they have done. They will rebuild cities that have long been in ruins. I want you to circle that word long because we're going to come back to it. That's an important word in this passage. But I don't know about you, but that like makes, that gets me jacked. Like that is the perfect picture of what the church is supposed to do. That's how we are supposed to operate. We are supposed to be people who help others find freedom. We are supposed to be people who are consistent, planted like roots in the ground, Trees that the Lord has planted. And so here's what I know. None of that happens if we don't begin to make changes in our own life. In the great words of Michael Jackson, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make that change. Woo! Anybody got that? Woo! No, no, no. Like, you, now that's on your Spotify playlist. That's cool. And here's another thing I know. This is in the wise words of my mother. She said, nothing changes unless nothing changes. Nothing changes if nothing changes, right? So we've got to be people who are willing to change, and change is going to take work. And so here's what I want to do as we move forward. I think there are three key things. Number one, invest in your relationship with God. I encourage you to take notes and fill in these blanks. The first thing is invest in your relationship with God. This goes back to one of our four essential truths that we actually talk about in Next Steps, and it is this. If you want to be spirit-filled, you've got to be, if you want to be spirit-led, you've got to be spirit-filled. You've got to be spirit-filled so that you can be spirit-led. That's so important and key to our growth. And here's what I know. Maybe you're like, man, how do I do this? How do I move forward in my relationship with God? What I would tell you is we've got 21 days of prayer and fasting coming up. It's happening Monday through Friday right here in the church, 6.30. I know some of you have never seen 6.30 a.m., and that's okay. It's a perfect way to start the new year. Come in at 6.30 to 7.30 and spend some time in prayer and worship. Because here's what I know. We need God's voice in our life. We need God's voice in our life. And here's what I know also is that a lot of times God's voice seems like it gets drowned out. Have you ever like just been wanting to hear God's voice so clearly, but it feels like all of these other things are going on? And here's what I know, church. God doesn't have to yell because he is already so close. I want to take you to a passage in 1 Kings. This is actually Elijah. He, he is being instructed by God. It says, go out and stand before me on top of the mountain. The Lord said to him, then the Lord passed by and sent a furious wind that split the hills and shattered the rocks. But the Lord was not in the wind. The Lord was not in the earthquake and he wasn't in the fire. But the Lord was in, it says, the soft whisper of a voice. And maybe you feel like, man, I'm having trouble hearing God's voice. And man, it reminds me of a time in our life where we were actually just about to move uh, to South Florida. We had all this stuff going on. We we're packing bags and just did not really have time for it seemed like anything. But as I was finishing up school, we went to a Christian university and one of the classes actually required me to do a six hour, I said six 
hours. Maybe some of you need like that six hours to spend away from your family because you've been with them for the break and you just need a break. But six hours of prayer and silence. Now, that is not what I wanted to be doing and how I wanted to spend my time. There were so many things that we were doing. We were tying up um, just relationships and making sure that we were set to come and move to South Florida. But can I tell you that when I, when I went into that time of prayer and silence, I was very frustrated. I did not want to do that. I didn't want to be there. And so I said, God, I don't want to be here. I was really honest. I'd encourage you to get honest with God because he'll be honest back. And God took me to a passage that literally rocked my world and has still really set my calling here in South Florida. It's something that I always refer back to as an encouragement when I'm frustrated, and it really spoke to me. And so what I would encourage you to do is invest in your relationship with God through prayer, through fasting. And maybe you've never prayed and fasted, and really all fasting is is just giving something up so that you can replace that with your time with the Lord. Maybe that's food, maybe that's going on a diet, maybe that's giving up social media. Man, social, let's give up social media for good. Like, let's just be done. Maybe it's something that you want to begin to invest in because there's something, there's, there's a place in all of us that needs to be filled with God. And so that's what I want us to do. The first thing that I want us to do is invest in our relationship with God. The second thing that I think we need to do is invest in our mental health. And this is uh, just kind of something that I've been dealing with for the past uh, couple years. And really, I feel like God has begun a really a, a big healing in my life because of this. And, and here's what I know. When it comes to mental health, it's a tricky thing. It's hard to kind of define based on the person, but I want to give you a picture kind of into my brain and how it's kind of manifested itself in my life. And I have, you're probably wondering what this is, and I'm going to show you what this is. Um, how many of you guys like Jack in the Box? <laughs> I didn't think many people would enjoy this. This is, uh, this is pretty creepy, um, but I think, honestly, this is a, a really good picture of my battle with mental health because how it's worked out for me is, is I, I find this, this kind of cycle and this pattern in my life where I just lie to myself. Like I say untrue things to myself and I don't, that doesn't get me anywhere good. And here's, here's how it usually starts. It starts with something simple like, I'm not good enough. And each crank is a lie that I'm believing. So maybe it gets worse, like I'm a failure. Maybe it's, I'm not a good father. Maybe it's like, I don't deserve to be a pastor. And it just keeps going. You hear that creepy music? Oh! And what happens? Those inward feelings that I'm giving power to manifest himself into ugly Jack. <laughs> and so what happens? It, I, those feelings, those inward things actually manifest themselves into physical things that don't just affect me, but affect other people. And so what this may be is a fit of anger. You know, Jack just pops out of the box and all of a sudden it turns into depression. All of a sudden it turns into a panic attack. And here's what I know. Usually what we try and do is we try and just stuff them back in there. Jack, get back in there. Get back in there. And what ends up happening is we start the cycle all over again. Fear. Man, I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. I'll never be good enough. 
and it just keeps going. That cycle, oh, and it pops up again. And here's what I know. We have got to break this cycle. So here's what I think is so great. You know, I read a book that changed uh, my life, and it really helped me deal with my anxiety and my depression. And Levi Lesko says in I Declare War, it says, it's time for you to fire yourself as your own personal critic and rehire yourself as a coach. Like, we're no good to ourselves as a critic, but we can encourage, we can begin to say things differently. And what does he say after that? He says, you can alter how you feel through changing the way that you speak. Right. And I know, I know somebody's sitting at home right now and they're like, yes, this is me, but what do I do? Because that was my question. I needed tools to be able to move forward. And so one simple thing that you can do is you can get honest with yourself. Get honest with yourself. And the way that that looks, so you're like, well, how do I do that? How do I just get honest with myself other than encouraging myself and reminding myself of, myself of God's truth? Well, we'll get to that. But what I think a practical thing that you can do is actually just write down what you're overwhelmed by. Because listen, Pastor CJ said this a couple weeks ago. Worry is just worshiping your problems. Worry is just worshiping your problems. You're, you're giving attention and power to something that has not yet happened. How irrational is that? So literally going, going, okay, here are the things I'm overwhelmed with. And literally, when you see them on a page, it doesn't, for some reason, for me, it just didn't seem that overwhelming anymore. And you can physically go, God, like, I need you to handle this because you are able. It says God is actually able. And in our weakness, his strength shows up. So that's one thing we can do. We can also get honest with someone else. And here's the deal. I, I would encourage you to find either a friend that you can be authentic and transparent with. Maybe that's a mentor. But honestly, church, what I think, when, especially when you're dealing with depression, anxiety, panic attacks like I have, I, had to, I literally had to go to counseling. And you may say, well, it's, 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 it's expensive. It's going to cost me some time. And here's, here's what I would tell you in response to that. You're going to do more damage if you don't do it than if you do do it. If you go to counseling, you're going to actually be retraining your brain. You're going to get some tools in order to move forward in life. And if, if you don't deal with it now, you're going to have to deal with, with it even longer in the future. The third thing I would say is fill yourself with God's truth. And this is so, so key. And in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, this is Paul encouraging the church at Philippi. He said, in conclusion, my friends, fill, begin to fill your minds with the things that are good and that deserve praise. Things that are true, not lies, but things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and honorable. Put into practice. This stuff doesn't happen overnight. You don't get good at encouraging yourself by doing it one time. Because what happens? This thing. This just keeps going. Nobody likes that song. No one likes that song. Put into practice what you have learned. So maybe you've learned some things by writing some things down. Maybe you've learned some things by going to counseling. And received from me both from my words and from my actions. And the God who gives us peace. The God who gives us peace will be with you. Number three. We've got, we, we've got to invest in our relationship with God. We've got to invest in our mental health, and we've got to invest in our relationships. I think Proverbs is chock full of wisdom. And in Proverbs 13, 20, it says, whoever walks with the wise will become wise. That makes sense. 
Whoever walks with fools will suffer harm. It says in Proverbs 14, 7, stay away from fools for you won't find any knowledge there. In other words, fools are stupid, don't listen to them. But what do we need in life? So how does that practically work out in life? So I think we need three types of people in our lives. We need fathers. That's the first type of person. I think you need somebody that you're seeking out as a mentor, somebody who can invest in you, and somebody that's going to be able to point out your blind spots. Man, blind spots are those, it's that like ugly thing in the back of your car that if you don't have somebody in the passenger seat, somebody who can help you when you're looking back and you're seeing, oh man, I'm good. And they're like, no, you're not good. Don't go that way. You need those people and you need to be seeking those people out. Those are the people that need to be investing in you. I think the second type of person is that you need brothers. You need brothers that can come alongside you and encourage you and be running a similar race. I think when you have people that are running a similar race alongside you, man, life seems a little bit easier because you're able to relate. You're able to go, man, I'm struggling with this today. And you can have that brother come alongside and go, man, I'm here for you. I got you. Let's keep going. Man, so, so good to have brothers in life. But I think while we do need fathers and we do need brothers, I think if you have both of those and in a healthy way, they're investing in you and they're encouraging you, you can begin to invest in others. You can begin to take someone who is maybe going through something similar. Maybe they're going through depression and anxiety just like I was. I've been able to talk to so many people because God was able to take my pain and give it purpose. It's nothing is wasted with God. Whatever you're going through, he can use. You've just got to begin to change some things. And so investing in somebody is going to reap a reward in your life, and we'll talk about that. But one of the other things I think you can do if you are investing in your relationships is begin to change some of those relationships. So, man, what I would encourage you to do is come to church, get connected with a dream team. And if you can't get connected to a dream team, what I would say to you is, Man, get in a connect group. How many, how many of you have heard us say a million times, get in a group, get in a group, get in a group? Because that is where life change, transparency, honesty, all those things that you need in life that you probably don't even realize you need is so, so key. We need these things in our life to be able to move forward. Um, I saw this survey that I thought was so interesting. It was a survey done by Gallup, and it, and it was basically taking... Uh, pe- taking people's assessment of their own mental health and comparing it from 2019 right. to 2020. Let's take a look at that. If you can throw that up on the screen. Okay, so you can see they did a pretty good job of, of all, the, all the details and all the data. You've got gender, you've got party identification, you've got religious services, you've got race, marital, so you've got all this stuff, household income, age group. And if you'll notice right here, it's all negatives, Right? Nothing, nothing has really gotten better except for one area. Attending religious services, attending church, not monthly, not seldom or never. That's probably not great. But weekly. Attending church weekly was the game changer in people's lives in regards to their mental health. And what was happening is that they were investing in their relationship with God when they went to church. It was helping in them in the areas of their mental health and it was helping in them in their relationship. They were able to connect. And maybe you're sitting at home and you haven't come back yet. And you know what? That's okay. But here's what I know. Hebrews actually says, do not neglect 
meeting together. There's something about coming into God's house with God's people who are running a similar race as us, who have like-minded beliefs, who are running hard after the heart of God and worshiping together, hearing a message, getting filled up. It's so, so important. So, man, we want you to come back to church. We can't continue to live in fear. Remember, a scared world, A.W. Tozer said, a scared world needs a fearless church. A fearless church, not anything else. Remember, I said the church is equipped to handle the world's problems. So how, here's my question. This is kind of how I want to wrap up. What's the ROI? What is the return on our investment? I think we got to go back to verse 4 of Isaiah 61. It says, they will be like trees that the Lord himself has planted. They will be like trees that the Lord himself has planted. They will do what is right, and God will be praised for what he has done. They will rebuild cities that have long been in ruins. Now, let's talk about that word long. Let's talk about the word long because I think we're not used to the word long. We're used to the word instantaneous. Right now, I get what I want, when I want it. The world is a vending machine, and it's right at the tip of my fingers. For those of you who have phones, man, you can get anything. You can get a vast wealth of information immediately. I find myself in conversations sometimes and I'll be like, man, I was trying to remember this thing and like I don't realize that I have Google and it it's kind of feels stupid sometimes, but we, everything is so instantaneous in life. But can I tell you that our growth was not meant to be instantaneous. Growth is painful. Growth takes a long time. Change, especially big change. In these areas, these are big changes. So I think we have to remember that it's going to take a long time to rebuild. It's going to take investing in our relationship with God, in the way we treat ourselves and our mental health, in our relationships. It's going to take a long time. It's gonna take perseverance and diligence. And here's what I know. Maybe you're here today and this feels like you. And listen, I've been here. I, like, I literally have lived this. I've lived feeling far from God. I've lived in a battle with mental health. I've lived in the battle of my relationships. And here's what I know. I wouldn't, first of all, if you're a spouse, I just wanna speak to spouses just for one second. If you're a spouse of someone who is struggling with mental health, maybe you're a family member, a brother, a sister, somebody close to somebody who's struggling with mental health, I would not have come out of this battle unless my spouse was right by my side. So maybe that's you. Maybe you are a spouse of someone who is struggling. And I have to give honor to my wife because she never once made me feel shame. She never once made me feel like I couldn't come out of this dark hole that I was in. But she daily encouraged me. She daily told me that I was good enough that I could do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to do it. And so what I know is if we don't give this to God and if we don't surrender our life to him, this cycle is just gonna keep going. We're just gonna keep stuffing him in. Look, I, there's his arm right there. I, I smashed his arm and it's just gonna keep going. It's just gonna keep going. This cycle, we have to break this cycle. And so what I wanna do today is I wanna pray for you. And going into this year, my hope for us is that we would become 
a fearless church, that we would be like people, like trees that are planted firmly in God's word, that are planted firmly in the truth of who God is, because none of this is possible without him. I pray that the church would be the place where people find safe relationships, where they can begin to make some of those changes. And so today I just wanna pray for you with every head bowed and every eye closed. Father God, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. God, I thank you for the people that are ready to surrender right now, this part of their life, and give it to you and just say, God, I need you. God, we need you so deeply and so greatly. And Lord, I pray for every person right now that is wondering, should I go invest more time with God? Yes, you should, in Jesus' name. (laughs) Should I go get counseling? Should I begin to change some of the friendships and the relationships that I have? God, I pray that you would give them the courage and the wisdom to do that. God, I pray that you would push them into the perfect purpose that you have for their life. And God, I pray that as people surrender, that they would come to know you more. And maybe you're here today and you don't know the God that we're talking about. Maybe you're here today and you don't know this Jesus who died for you. The Bible says that God sent his one and only son to be a ransom for many. You're one of those many. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe that's you today and you wanna make that decision to follow Jesus for the rest of your life. I'll tell you, it's the best decision you could ever make because it will bring you out of darkness and into light where that darkness can no longer have power in your life. So say, if that's you, say this with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to begin to help me rebuild some of those broken pieces in my life and I surrender those to you today. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that he was sent to die for me. He lived a perfect life and he died for me, paying for my sin. But God, he, I thank you that he defeated death. God, that he was able to take all the broken pieces of my life and rebuild them. God, I thank you for what you're gonna do in these people's lives who have today made the decision that they're gonna continue to follow after you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, I hope you have an incredible holiday season. Merry Christmas. I hope you have safe travels. We love you guys, and we will see you next weekend. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.